You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, it's Thursday evening here in the Farm Bureau studios. I'm Charlie Winfield. Bart Gregory is with me. And it is time for our Tracks Plus Deep Dig as we get ready for one of the most anticipated baseball games, I'd have to say, all season for Mississippi State fans and to some degree for Arkansas, too. Bulldogs traveling to Fayetteville. Bart, this is a series, you know, it doesn't go back as far in my memory as a lot will, just because Arkansas kind of late joining the league, but still a lot of memories in this series. Yeah, and even before Arkansas joined the SEC, you think about those big matchups between Norm DeBryan and Arkansas and Ron Polk at Mississippi State and the College World Series and those trips we went to Omaha, it always seemed like that Arkansas was there, but then joining the league in 1992, and we've had some really good games. Charlie, I think back to 2003. Uh, I went up there in 2003. Jim was doing basketball with Mr. C in the NCAA tournament. I watched us lose to Butler sitting in the Clarion Hotel in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and which was not the highlight of the trip at all. Also, by the way, that weekend – we started the shock and awe against Saddam Hussein that weekend. So Joe Deere and I watched that on TV in Fayetteville that weekend. But also, we swept Arkansas. That was Dave Van Horn's first year in Fayetteville. And we won on Friday in 10 innings. And the thing I remember about that game is Paul Mahalam pitched a complete game, gave up three runs on like five, six hits in 10 innings of work, and we won it in the top of the 10th. And I think, like, Brad Corley had a hit and Jeff Butts had a hit, and I think Craig Tatum had a hit. We loaded the bases up. John Mungo drove in a run, and we took a 4-3 lead. We brought uh, Paul back in to pitch. They had Brady Toops and Hagedorn and got those guys out in the, in the 10th inning. And then we went to Saturday, and Alan Johnson pitched a great game on Saturday. And then on Sunday, Todd Nicholas. Man, I'll tell you what, Todd Nicholas just had that day where everything just lined up for him on that Sunday. And we swept Arkansas that weekend. It was like the first or second SEC weekend of the year. So anytime I think of this series, stayed in Arkansas, I think back to that trip to, to Fayetteville in 2003. And then, of course, a couple of years ago, we were doing this show, getting ready for Arkansas, and that's when the world stopped. Well, you think about the way this series has changed. Let me give you one that you may not remember. And if you think about it through the lens of today's baseball, this is almost inexplicable. Go back to 1983. So we were just coming off a weekend where we played Auburn, and we head into the midweek, and we play on back-to-back nights against Arkansas. The first game in Greenville, Mississippi, and the next day we played it in Helena, Arkansas. We threw Harold Miles in game one. We threw Will McCraney in game two. Dan Van Cleve had a two-for-three night, three runs scored. So think about that, 1983. This is when we're talking about Clark and Palmero. We're playing back-to-back games in Greenville and Helena, Arkansas. 
can't see packing up the bats and heading over to Greenville or Helena, for that matter, these days. Yeah, that, that ballpark at Greenville, I think, is right there by the convention center over in Washington County. Helena, I guess you got to cross the bridge right there. You better hope the bridge doesn't go out. You know, I think of 1985, though, we played Arkansas College World Series. That was game two for us. We, we tend to think of Gene Morgan going game one against Oklahoma State. Jeff Brantley came back game two as we played Arkansas. Got a 5-4 win there, which then set us up for that matchup with Texas. How about this? We played Arkansas in 1985. I didn't realize this. In Greenville again. And then played them in Little Rock the next day. So I guess we used to play more neutral site games in places you wouldn't always expect. But Arkansas playing over in the Delta and then in Little Rock. So who knew? But um, all right. So not a ton of history between these two teams in terms of long league games, long history within the league. But there's been a lot of baseball played between these two schools. We'll turn our attention to the games this weekend. But before we do, we will remind you that this is our Tracks Plus deep dig. And Bart, one thing about Tracks Plus, you know, I can't help but think, I was looking around the SEC, and I can't, every time I hear about Florida and Hunter Barco, I hear you talk about that Barco equipment in my head, and it takes me right to Tracks Plus. Yeah, and that's an NIL waiting to happen. And, and, you know, Barco equipment used by the Foresters, they put those big mulching heads on the on that Barco equipment and just take it right through the forest and just mulch down things. And so I saw a, a forestry site the other day they were clearing out, and I saw a big Barco machine out there. Of course, Saney with the excavators and many excavators in the construction world and then Demi Seedmoff mulching heads. they got so many things. Used equipment as well. A big selection of, of used equipment, especially at that Hickory location. They're in four locations. Of course, the original down in Hickory, Mississippi, then Columbus and Starkville, about halfway between Columbus and Starkville on Highway 82, Summit, Mississippi, then Alexandria at Louisiana. You've got Daniel Bounds and Fred Fulton over in Columbus, Ken Crosby down in Hickory. Grace Howell down at Summit, and Hoop Williams down in Alexandria at Louisiana, and of course now selling Massey Ferguson tractors and implements in uh, Hickory, Summit, and Alexandria. And so it's a, it's a growing business. They've got great customer service, and there's a reason they're growing. It's because they've gotten a, a good market share because of their great customer service and once again bringing out our Tracks Plus deep dig. All right, Bart, we're going to take a look at our pitching matchups in a moment. We'll each have our two brothers' players that we want to look at. I'm not sure we ever settled on that. I think last week it was two players who could shoot lasers out of their eyes and kill you. We probably need to tap that down a little bit. But in any event, we'll get to that. But I'm curious as you look at these two teams, what kind of jumps out at you about these two teams? I'll tell you the one for me, it's that these teams – have a lot of similarities. Oh, a lot of big similarities. You look at Arkansas, I mean, this is a team that, you know, they brought back a lot of players, but three of their top four hitters on their ball club were not playing with them last year. They did a pretty good job in the transfer portal. Michael Turner leading this team in hitting. He's a transfer from Kent State. We saw him last year when Kent State came to Starkville. He went one for ten in that series. They, Lanzilli is a transfer from Wake Forest, and they've got a true freshman, Peyton Stovall, who was in the high school ranks last year. And so you're going to see some hitters that you haven't seen 
with the exception of Michael Turner. Now, Brandon Smith saw Michael Turner last year. That's really the only guy that saw him. Now, the thing about it was Michael Turner is their catcher. He saw all of us last year, and so he remembers the scouting reports from Kent State, and so and they had very good success. Luke Albright in that Saturday game, Michael Turner was a catcher in that game, and he kind of shut us down. But, Charlie, going back offensively, Arkansas is a team that has only been in double digits and hits in nine games out of their 23 this year. You know, we've been in double-digit hits 12 times. But you look at Arkansas, you look at you know, five of their last seven games – have been single digits with their hits. Now, they got into double digits in the midweek game this past week on Tuesday against Little Rock. They just kind of blasted Little Rock around the ballpark a little bit. But this has been a team that's really struggled at the plate. That weekend against Kentucky, they hit just 242 and swept all three series. So what does that tell you? Their pitching's been really good. Their pitching's been outstanding. And Peyton Paulette, who was going to be their, their ace going into the season, you know, had Tommy John before the season began, and so they've kind of had to move people up. But their starting pitching has been really, really good. But offensively, they've been really slow out of the gate. When I look at their numbers, the first thing that happens to me is I get a little bit frustrated, and you start to look and you see the top two hitters are guys that came out of the transfer portal. And you say, man, we're the defending national champions. Why aren't we getting those guys out of the transfer portal? Obviously, we got Jaeger. But then you go, look, Michael Turner is a catcher. Are you going to take a fifth-year guy as a catcher on this team? No, of course not. And defensively, you're in way better position with the catcher you've got. The numbers bear that out. We have one pass ball this season. They've got eight. So you wouldn't make that trade. Uh, Lanzilli, a guy, you know, right now he's hitting three fifty-eight, getting in the heart of their order transfer from Wake Forest but you look at his numbers last year he wasn't spectacular he was okay he was a guy but they found success bringing in those two guys ultimately we all talk about recruiting and and I look I have been guilty over the years of wanting to compare our classes to LSU's but you better keep an eye on Arkansas and how they recruit Peyton Stovall a guy that right on the edge of being a first round pick he basically pulled himself out of the draft at the end of the first round, about pick 29 or so last year. And then you've got a a starting pitcher, Hagen Smith. That's two freshmen as good as any two uh, in the country sitting there at Arkansas right now. Earlier this week when we were comparing Mississippi State this year to Mississippi State last year, and we pointed out how Tanner Allen really came on, how Rowdy Jordan came on, and you say, who are the players on our team maybe that kind of need to come on? Looking at Arkansas's numbers, you see the good, but you still see some opportunities there. Jalen Battles, the shortstop, Robert Moore defensively in the middle at short and second. They're as good as anybody, but they can still do more offensively. But how about this, Brady Slavens. Last year, Brady Slavens, it was a guy that came from junior college, DH for the most part, hits 284, hits 14 home runs. Right now, Slavens is hitting a buck 87. He's got three home runs. And check this. In SEC play, he is 0 for 17 with 10 punch outs. So, Slavens, a guy right now, I don't even know if we'll see him. He's a guy that, had you gone back a few weeks ago, you say, better watch out for Slavens. And right now, you don't even know if he'll play. Now that I've said that, he'll go 
11 for 13 this weekend, have a Burke Masters kind of weekend. But it's interesting to look. Right now we are similar. When you pick up the SEC stats, we are right there 7-8 with each other. We're 6-7 and seven with each other. We're 13-14 and 14 with each other. Basically, wherever you want to go look, we're right there beside each other with one exception, and that is the starting pitching that Arkansas is getting is a little bit better than ours right now. Yeah, when you look at strikeouts, I mean, they've struck out 192 times. We've struck out 210 times. You know, we've played 26 games. They've played 23, so that's right there in line. So they, they've struck out just as much as we have this year. You look at their overall batting average, they're batting 278. We're batting 274. There's not a whole lot of difference in these teams, with the exception of home runs. Now, we've hit 43. Arkansas has hit just 27 home runs this season so far. Now, we were talking to Phil Elson, the play-by-play guy with Arkansas, a couple days ago, and he was talking about how many games that Arkansas has played this year where it seemed like the wind was blowing in. So that does play into that factor a little bit. Now, we've played in some games where – the wind has been blowing in as well. But but you look at this weekend, okay, before we get going, you start looking and digging deep into what the weather is going to look like this weekend. I mean, it's going to be great weather up there, 68 degrees, 69 degrees all three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Now, the thing you've got is a Friday night game, a Saturday night game, and then Sunday afternoon. It's going to be a little bit cooler at night, but not bad. But you look in both of the, all three of those games, the wind is going to be blowing straight in on Friday and on Sunday. Now, the thing also is the wind blowing out of the west, which is out to left field at Bomb Stadium on Saturday, but it changes at night to east-northeast, which is blowing in from left field. So then the big question becomes on Saturday, when does the wind change at that ballpark? But right now, Charlie, just looking at it, uh, at a couple days out right now, it looks like the wind is going to be blowing in most of this series. And you look at those Arkansas home run numbers, they still look awfully low. And you wonder what effect does the wind have on that? Because if you look, their opponents aren't hitting long balls either. Their opponents have only hit 12. So either credit to Arkansas pitching or that supports the idea that they've just played in some kind of unfavorable conditions. A little bit different part of the country, a little bit different weather patterns than what we've seen. And so you wonder, well, hey, we're kind of getting on the topic of pitching. It's probably a good time to go ahead and jump into our pitching matchups this weekend. Brought to you by Mosquito Joe. And look, if you want to be out, it's getting to be that time of year where you want to be outdoors. It's starting maybe even this weekend. It could be a really nice sit out on the back deck, sit out by your outdoor kitchen if you've got one, enjoy a beverage, enjoy some baseball on TV. And we're getting to that time of year where all of a sudden, once it gets dark, you're going to be wanting to go inside. But not if you go see our friends at Mosquito Joe. They can come treat your yard. They can provide general pest treatment. They can get rid of fire ants, hit your fleas and ticks, help your pets. But the big thing they do, as the name says, they get rid of your mosquitoes. They got misting systems. They've got all sorts of focus spray, general sprays in Jackson, the metro area, Meridian and surrounding areas, Golden Triangle, Hattiesburg Laurel. Call our friends at Mosquito Joe. Robert Carlton, good old Bulldog fan, one of the owners down there. So give them a call, Mosquito Joe, making outdoors fun again. So Bart, 
Friday night, we know all about the guy that we're going to be sending to the mound. Interesting story for Arkansas, Connor Nolan. If you go back as a freshman, he has 19 starts. Then we have the COVID year. He had started three games there. Last year, doesn't have a single start to his credit. Missed most of March, all of April, with some forearm soreness. Longest outing, or at least one of them, was three innings he threw up in Oxford. But all of a sudden, he's back in the starting rotation and really thriving on Friday nights. Yeah, he really is, Charlie. And what did we talk about the other day about how when we've had success offensively, it's been with a long ball. And we've pretty much relied a lot on hitting home runs. And when you look at Nolan, he's a ground ball machine. He's thrown 34 and a third innings, and he's given up 34 hits. And you look at, you know, at 10,000 feet, you say that's a hit per inning. You know, that's, that's not great, not terrible. 47 strikeouts, just nine walks. That's a really good percentage. He's given up no home runs all season long. And only seven of the 34 hits have been extra base hits. He's given up six doubles and one triple, but no home runs. Team's batting 262 against him. And so he's a ground ball guy. He's a heavy ball pitcher. And, Charlie, you go back to the point of what you were talking about with Jalen Battles at shortstop. Man, I really like Jalen Battles at short. Robert Moore at second base, maybe one of the best second basemen in the country. Here's the thing that they have to do, Charlie, is they get a lot of ground ball action. This is a team that doesn't make many errors in the field in Arkansas. Only 12 all season long. They field at 986, so only 12 errors. Battles has two errors. Robert Moore doesn't have a single error. But here's the thing. They get chances. They get ground balls. They get balls hit at them the entire game. And so you got Nolan and Wiggins, they're guys that get ground ball action and a really good defense behind them. And so they're going to try to pitch with some sink down in the zone. And that's, that's kind of been our kryptonite, to be honest with you, so far this season. It looks like most teams in this league are either equal in terms of fly balls, ground balls, or give up slightly more fly balls than they do ground balls. How about this for Arkansas all the way around? Coming into this week, 128 flyouts, 191 ground outs. That's a ratio of 0.7. That's unheard of. And so that's the thing. We've talked all the time about how fielding percentage can be a misleading stat. It can depend a little bit on the home score, the guy keeping the book, and how you whip the pencils. But the other thing that comes into it is what kind of plays are you having to make? A can of corn fly ball to the outfield is no big deal. But these guys are just ground ball machines. They're good defensively, but they have to be. Now, I'll give you the other stat, and this kind of goes all weekend for their pitchers. This year, their pitching has allowed just three unearned runs. You talk about wanting to get run support, they're getting defensive support. And their starting pitchers haven't allowed any. Well, they don't give you anything. That's that's the thing they don't do. They just don't give you anything and a chance to exploit mistakes. They don't make mistakes in the field. When you look at Connor Nolan, Hagen Smith, Jackson Wiggins, there are three guys in their rotation. Not a single unearned run this year. They've given up 39 runs combined, and all 39 have been earned. And so it's not a deal where they're going to kick it around the infield and you're going to you know be able to put up a big five or six spot in the inning just because they gave you something. They're not going to give you anything. All right, so obviously Mississippi State goes with Preston Johnson in that Friday game. We know all about Preston by now. 
So let's go to Saturday. And we talked about Peyton Stovall and kind of the impact freshman that he is. Now you look on the mound, and here's their other impact guy, Hagen Smith, guy to Texas. A left-hander, kind of a three-quarter slot. He can, you know, he'll pitch low 90s, 92, 93, but the guy can flat pitch. He keeps the ball down and, for the most part, has been a strike thrower. And it's it's almost like Hagen Smith is the guy on Saturday that's been just like we were last weekend. He's a six-inning guy that gives up about three runs. That's just kind of his average. His only loss this year was the second weekend when they played Stanford out in Texas. And Stanford, of course, a top-ten team. He got roughed up a little bit in two and, two, two and a third of work that day. But since then, seven innings, five, six, five. He went five last week against Missouri. But here's the thing, Charlie. He's thrown 97 pitches, 100 pitches, 92, then 96. And so he's a true freshman, and they're kind of, you know, working him a little bit. And so this will be his first, actually second SEC start at home. He pitched real well against Kentucky in his first SEC start at home, gave up three runs, five hits, six innings of work. I mean, that's just kind of who he is. He will walk you a little bit. Seven strikeouts, three walks a couple weeks ago. Five strikeouts, three walks last week. But, man, just a freshman that uh, that has a lot of good stuff. So, Bulldogs will counter him, obviously, with Parker Stinnett, who's kind of settled into that starting role for Mississippi State on that Saturday. And then Sunday, Jackson Wiggins for Arkansas, sophomore. Now, Wiggins is a different kind of guy than the first two. How about this to highlight one of the differences? Teams just don't hit him. Nolan, opponents hitting 262 against him. That's your Friday guy. Hagen Smith, the guy in the middle, opponents hitting 246. Right now, opponents hitting just 161 against Jackson Wiggins. And, Bart, we saw him last year. He is a guy who throws really hard. Last year seemed to be kind of fastball heavy. He kind of liked the fact that he threw hard. And I think threw so hard he never really had to learn how to pitch. But now he's basically throwing about four and a half pitches. He's got a curveball. He's got a cutter. He's got a changeup. Hey, that reminds me real quick. I want to back up to that Saturday game. One of the pitches that Hagen Smith has been effective with this year is his changeup and he throws it left on left as well as left on right. You'll see a little bit of that Wiggins. He's got a good change up. He's become more of a pitcher, and he reminds me of one of those guys you hear talked about. He knows how to throw. If he learns how to pitch, we're in trouble. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago against Kentucky, he went six innings, gave up no runs on four hits. He's pretty much a four-hit guy. You're going to get about four hits off of him. He gave up five hits the first time he went out, and then, I mean, he's just shut teams down. And then last week, he gave Missouri a little bit. He gave them three walks and hit a couple batters last week. And he threw 109 pitches last week at Missouri in seven and a third of work. So then all of a sudden, you, you think about the bounce back. But here's the difference in college and pros. I mean, those guys are going on you know four-day rest at the big leagues. These guys know they have a six-day rest coming Sunday to Sunday. And so the 109 shouldn't bother him a whole lot. When you start looking at these Arkansas starters, they've been so good. But a lot of these guys have been throwing 92, 95, 97 pitches early in the season. So you just kind of wonder if that may catch up with them a little bit later in the year. But that's the bad thing about playing them here early. 
Yeah, Wiggins is interesting. 37 strikeouts, 19 walks. But he has six wild pitches, and he's hit five guys, and he's balked once. So ERA 3.7. None of their starters have an ERA over four. Uh, in fact, Wiggins is the highest at 3.7. Then you got Hagen Smith, Connor Nolan, both right there under 3.5. So this is a a good pitching staff we're going to face. Now, one of the things that jumped out at me, because I'm, I've been thinking more and more about where Mississippi State goes to the bullpen when it needs left-handed help. Arkansas hasn't had a ton of help. Evan Taylor has gone 11 innings as a left-hander out of the bullpen. After that, you've only got some guys who've pitched two, three, four innings. But here's the thing. You don't have as many innings to pitch in relief when your starters are giving you six every time out. That's the one thing about Arkansas is that their guys have been pretty dependable getting them into ball games as starting pitchers. Yeah, then uh, they kind of settled on Brady Tigard on the back end. He had a couple saves last weekend at Missouri, saved the Friday game in two innings of work, and then went one and two-thirds in the Sunday game. So he went 60 pitches in all last weekend, 37 on Friday, back to 23 on Sunday, and got his third and fourth save of the year. It's almost like they've been trying to figure out who their closer was going to be, and I think now they've settled on Tigert. And so when you've got you know six no-doubt innings out of your starters, and then all of a sudden, Tiger's a guy that's been throwing two innings sometimes on the back end. I mean, it's not like they've had to go deep into their bullpen at all. No, they certainly have not. So, well, that's a look at our starting pitching matchups brought to you by our friends at Mosquito Joe, I suppose we could have said, although it's accepted as a fact by now, Cade Smith projected to be the Bulldog starter on Sunday. You know, look, hey, I go back to, we kind of raised this hypothetical if we um, get six innings, give up three runs, would you take it every time? You know, you almost need a little bit better than that, I'm afraid, this weekend because Arkansas doesn't give up a lot and they don't score a ton. But in any event, we'll see how that turns out. That's a look at our starting pitching matchups. And so now, Bart, I think it's time for our two brothers, two guys that can cause a variety of damage. Yeah, I'll start with uh, Michael Turner. We talked about him a minute ago. He's a catcher, graduate transfer from Warren, Ohio. He played at Kent State. We saw him last year. Played all four years at Kent State. Last year started in 25 games. He was one for 10 that weekend he played against us. He had a single against Dylan Carmouche in the Saturday game. That was the only hit he had. It was a single. And so he did not uh, fare that well in start with last weekend, of co- uh, last year, of course, and, of course, that Sunday game last year was when we threw the no-hitter. But uh, that Saturday game they won. But 25 games he played last year. This year he's leading Arkansas in hitting, batting 369. He's got eight doubles and four home runs. You know, Turner's a guy who started out a little bit slow but then began to heat up about the third, fourth weekend of the year. He was good against Kentucky. Last week against Missouri, he was 4 for 14 at the plate. He had a 3 for 5 night in the Tuesday game against Little Rock. That batting average now at 369 leading the team in hitting. And so he's a guy that's been getting on base, 451 on base percentage. He doesn't strike out just a whole lot in 84 at-bats. He struck out 16 times. And so Michael Turner, the transfer from Kent State, is the guy that uh, you really got to keep off the bases. Looking at this Arkansas team, I was kind of tempted to go with Peyton Stovall just since he's such a blue-chip prospect. Interesting guy, by the way, one of the top recruits in the country at shortstop. 
they've got him playing at first base. That's because Jalen Battles just kind of still blocking the path over there. Robert Moore, though, the guy that I want to talk about, the second baseman, and the reason that I focus on Robert Moore, we talked about how good he is defensively, hasn't committed an error all year. But Moore right now hitting 272 with two home runs on the season. And the reason I pick him is he's going to do better than that. Moore was a guy who ended up last year hitting 283 with 16 home runs. When he came into Starville last year, he was hitting about 250 with four. And I remember thinking as he was coming in, we actually talked to Coach Polk about him because he was going to be playing up in, in the Cape. And I remember thinking, man, this guy's just not that great. And then the more I watched him, the more I liked him. And this is a guy, his father is involved in professional baseball. He understands the game. He's smart. But he is one of those guys who is going to be better as this season goes. He's got a lot more home runs in him than what we've seen. You just hope you don't see them uh, starting on Friday or Saturday because this is a guy who is very, very capable of having a big weekend against anybody. So, Robert Moore, my guy to look out for. Yeah, I remember that last year. We kind of looked at the stats coming in and said, okay, this, why is this guy batting down in the ninth spot in the order? And then you kind of saw he, he really had that coming out weekend against us last year. And, of course, Arkansas has won the last six against Mississippi State. They swept us in Fayetteville two years ago or three years ago, when the, whenever the last time we went up there. And then last year they swept us at home. And so, you know, we hadn't beat Arkansas in a while. They've had our number up there. And, you know, more is going to be uh, – you can't just understate how good – Jalen Battles and Robert Moore are going to be at shortstop and second base this weekend. This will be the best double play combination that you'll see all season long. No, they've turned twice as many between them as we've turned as a team. So, I think, look, you're going to see good defense. This is going to be one of those. Both these teams coming into this game have been able to capitalize on their opponents giving them free stuff. Arkansas's opponents have given them 31 unearned runs. Mississippi State's opponents have given them, I think it was 32. Bottom line is they don't give away many, and we can't be in the mode of giving away runs this weekend, and we're going to have to go earn some. Yep, no doubt. And that's our two guys that can kill you by uh, two brothers, smoke meats. I told you last week, Charlie, that I was going to go to two brothers and get my book together, and I actually had somebody that walked up to the bar and said, hey, is that your book? They'd heard it on the show. And I got my smoke wings and got ready for the broadcast. Of course, we don't have to worry about the broadcast this weekend. We'll be watching from home just like everybody else. But, yeah, two brothers always get the smoke wings. You always get the fries, cheese fries, or is that Mary Elliott to get the cheese fries? Uh, that's my daughter. She is a devotee to the pulled pork cheese fries. I'm big into the tacos, man. It's hard to beat the tacos. Just great food. I mean, just good, solid food at Two Brothers. They've been a great addition to the Startwell culinary crowd. Yeah, it's just a fun place to go hang out, particularly when you got some good weather. They open the doors up. Might try to make my way over there tomorrow. So, Bart. Uh, look, big weekend at the second finest college baseball park in the country. Uh, what's your kind of your final thoughts as you look at this one? Well, you bring that up right there. And first and foremost, you know, they, that ballpark now, it's amazing. It's a little over 20 years old at Bomb Stadium. And, 
you know, when they built it, it was a little bit before its time. It was right there at that edge when you started seeing a lot of concourses that were opened up where you could, you know, watch the game while you're getting a hot dog in the concession stand line. And they just kept on building it out. And, and listen, let me tell you this. I love our ballpark. I, I do think we have the best ballpark in the country. Just the just everything around it, the ambiance of the stadium, it's fantastic. Let me tell you, they've got a good ballpark. It's it's a nice setting that they have in Fayetteville, and there's going to be a lot of people there, and they are going to be on top of you. It's going to be great weather this weekend, and we will play in front of big crowds this weekend. And that's the difference in our ballpark, our ballparks, state and Arkansas and a lot of other places, is because you can get that 360 feel where you just can't, where you feel like you just can't get away from it if you're out there on the mound. So if you give them anything, and that's what they have done, is they're in that game from the first inning through the ninth inning, and they are calling the Hogs in the second inning, the fifth inning, the ninth inning. They are in it the entire game. And they are trying to get you to mess up in the fourth inning just to overwhelm you. And so that's why it's always a tough place to play. And this is going to be a tough place to play this weekend. And to their fans, and I know that we've talked about this all season long, to their fans and to their players, we've got something that they've dreamed of having and haven't gotten, and that's a national championship. We're going to have a national championship on our backs this weekend. And let me tell you something. They're going to come after us from the stands. Yeah, we talk about creating that environment. Arkansas does a great job of that. And, look, this is a team that you, one thing you always look at is who's got the chip on their shoulder. Arkansas does. They're a pop-up away from winning a national championship a few years ago. And then last year, you look, they won every weekend. They won every weekend until the last when they hosted the Super Regional against a team that was hot. And a team that feels like they've got a little bit of unfinished business, it's going to be a tough experience. Now, right now, if you go up there and you win a game, you know, you can live with that. I, I told you earlier, I don't like that mentality. But this is one, look, this is going to be a really tough place to play. You win two games and all of a sudden we're going to be getting together on Monday saying that we've got to totally reevaluate where this team is. No, we're going to be spiking the football if we win two games. I mean, we will be obnoxious, Bart and Charlie, like we are after, you know, we beat Ole Miss in football. I mean, it's going to be obnoxious, Bart and Charlie, if we win two this weekend. Well, unfortunately, it's been about as long for both. So, let's hope that this is a weekend we get to spike the football again. So, Bart, that's our two brothers. That's not our two brothers. We had our two brothers, guys, could kill you. We talked about our friends at Mesquita Joe's, our friends at Farm Bureau agents in all 82 counties. Of course, we are in the Farm Bureau studios. Check them out, favorites.com. They've got great customer service. Look them up if you're in the need for insurance. Also, got to thank our friends at Bank First uh, who have been along with us all season long. And, Bart, we'll be getting back together on Sunday. Let's hope that we've got happy Bart and Charlie when we do that. I've got a football in my hand. It's ready to be spiked. But let me tell you this. If we're spiking it, some a lot of good things have happened. A lot of great things have happened because this is going to be a tough weekend. Yeah, it is. But great opportunities and all that. So we'll see. But we appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll be back Sunday morning for Sunday Coffee. This has been the Tracks Plus Deep Dig.